This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Kreuzer, hello. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. I'm Rich Fay, and on today's episode, we'll be going from North Wales to South End to look back at the weekend's draw. We'll look at the hour-long special of Welcome to Wrexham, and we'll hear from one lucky fan who joined Rob McElhenney on stage this week in Philadelphia. All of that and more to come shortly, but first of all, let's bring in the salt to my pepper. Nath, <laughs> how are you doing? Outrageous from you, that intro there. I'm good. I felt very nostalgic, actually, on the way home, heading to this podcast, because I don't know whether you ever played this, Rich. I was obsessed with this game, and people listening might also have been obsessed with it. An app called New Star Soccer. I don't know if you ever played it, but yes. I absolutely loved it. And anyway, as I was Six coming form home, days. As I was coming home, a guy was he'd come out of work in his suit, and he was carrying on his career mode on New Star Soccer, and I was very jealous, actually. Um and it never had any of the team names right. It was a bit like Pez in that sense. So anyway, I, I, after that, I felt very chuffed and very happy that I remembered that existed. As for Wrexham this week, I I feel okay. I feel like a, a, a bit's happened. We signed a player that might have the longest name I can ever think of in Kai Calderbank Park. I, I, I mean, he may never he may never grace the turf for us, but who knows? Um the draw at South End. I don't think that's the worst result in the world, particularly given we look like we've got away with one. Um, I know we, we're going to get into that more, that, that decision um, at the weekend. Streaming, good news. A mix of news, Rich. Ups and downs all week, I'd say, which is a pretty normal week as a Wrexham fan. Yeah, there's, it is a roller coaster, isn't it? There's always going to be positivity and negativity. Like I said, we'll come on to that South End uh, draw in a second. I just want to give a quick shout-out to a listener of the podcast, Jay, who sent me an email in the week after my premium bonds fiasco of last week. He actually used to work for the company and he just sent me loads of DMs saying, you know, this is what you need to do. It taught me for everything. Only had to give him my mother's maiden name, place of birth, copy of my photo ID. He said, leave it with me. It's all going to be sorted. But no, seriously, Jay, thank you very much for, for that. And of course, thank you very much for, for any of you whoever get in touch with the podcast as always Rob Ryan Red on all the platforms robryanred.com as well we have just launched on Facebook as well which we announced on last week's podcast so Rob Ryan Red on Facebook if you if you're not already liking that one please please do that go and, and like I- it go and like it why not and also Richard we're giving shout outs I want to give a shout out to David 70th birthday and I know he got lots of lovely messages Wayne Phillips who we had on the podcast did a message Luke Young sent a message, so you know I'm sure there were lots, lots more that I'm missing out there. Carlos Edwards, uh, just sending out. I mean, we didn't have to do one. I'm sure, sure we'd have been way down the list of. Uh, if we have we made it, if we get to video messages, if we start doing like cameos, like, no one's going to be paying for that. If, if we get there, though, is that where we've made it? Is that? Where I mean, the, if you scroll through the cameo line? list, I'm pr- that that kind of is a list of people who haven't made it. But, All right. um, well, I, I tell you what, I wrote a, I wrote a piece once, a little side show before we get on to, to Southend. I wrote a piece about Cameo once, and at the time I wrote that, the most expensive Cameo on the entire platform of any genre was Avram Grant, who was charging £899 for a Cameo. And safe to say he had zero orders, so maybe he just didn't want the work. I don't know. There you go. If you wanted to know how much Avram Grant charges for a Cameo, now you do. 
you know, trying to think what Phil Parkinson could charge himself, you know, after after last week's, you know, stardom <laughs> in the in the dock. He really came across well again, I thought. We'll get into the documentary later in the podcast, but we will start at South End. Nath, you were there. Wrexham nil South End nil. I did have the day off and I was so on Friday I was contemplating, do I go down? Do I go down? I had stuff to do. Thankfully, I talked myself out of it. It sounded like it was a good game. Wrexham away days are always occasions to remember. But we did get away with one. Jake Hyde's disallowed goal. Replays and the suggestion is he wasn't offside, but maybe it was given for a handball. Although the comments after the game then indicated it was given for the offside. All very confusing. Jake Hyde came out himself and said, you know, he's never seen a situation like it. The players celebrated, gone back to the halfway line. And then the referee spoke with his linesman and disallowed it for offside. Obviously, there is no VAR in the National League. A very peculiar one. What was it like in the stadium? I, I, I mean, I didn't get to go. I wish I could. Um, I, I, I was, I was, I was vetoed from that trip, unfortunately, due to my uh, work. So I was speaking to lots of people that were there, and actually, I, I can't, I can't name obviously who it was, but I spoke to a couple of the players after who felt like it was a, a pretty good result in the end i would say i mean look the, the decision was offside you, know, you the, the referee and i know the referee's assessor was there for that game and the decision was made i think it was the referee's third national league game so typically you have an assessor go to all their matches um you know whether it's early whether you do three in the season or you're, you're a young ref we've got a very young ref this weekend coming up against torquay so they you know they they obviously assess them and you know how referee assessment works rich i don't need to explain it to you but anyone who's who doesn't isn't familiar with that you know you get graded essentially on your performance they they watch your display do you let the game flow what how many correct decisions are you making how many wrong ones etc cetera, etc cetera. and yeah i mean let's just say it is an offside um he'll fit in well in national league then won't he it, it, what I would say is it's it's very National League and I get the outrage and we've been there we've been outraged at decisions before it, it looked it looked for, for all the day and all intents and purposes it looked like a handball and, and, and not many South End fans are really disputing that but their annoyance is that it wasn't given for a handball was it so I can see their frustration we just didn't get going you know by the sounds of it you speak to people there we just we didn't get. I mean, Palmer has a really good effort that when you know when you watch the highlights, he had a really good strike that on another day could have gone in. I, I just don't think we got our big players into the game, and Southend have got good players, and if they can keep them fit, the issue they they've got is depth. They're struggling for depth, and they're struggling for fitness. You know, and uh, if they can keep their players fit, I, I, they're not in a position. I don't think where they are properly represented about the challenge they pose, particularly at Roots Hall. You know, Roots Hall is a stadium where it's very condensed, it's very compact, um, and and they're right on top of you, and it's always going to be a good atmosphere. Rex are always going to travel well, and credit, you know, there was a lot made about the minute silence uh, and, and what would happen there, and, and, you know, that was respected impeccably um, for... The, the, it, was, it was for both, wasn't it? The Queen and the former manager at Southend who sadly passed away. Um, so yeah, credit to all those fans, but it sounded like a performance where we didn't really get get going. Um, and 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 I think we said, Rich, you're not going to win every single game. It's important if you don't win, you don't lose. If you look at the last couple of games as well, we have played some difficult teams. I mean, Dorking and Dagnall were convincing wins, but Southend, like you said, a team where the table doesn't really do them justice. The same with Gateshead at home, which was a good win, but because then the relegation zone had ten men. Some fans are irate and they wanted more goals. But, you know, Gates had got another good point of the weekend against Boreham Wood, who are fifth in the table. So I do think that sometimes you need to look at the wider picture. And like you said, Nath, it's about keeping that momentum going. It's the fact that, okay, we have dropped points, but we've only not won three games this season. We've had two draws, Yeovil away, which, you know, was on the hottest day of the year. One of the hottest Mm. days ever that professional football has been played in Britain. So, you know, there was the mitigation to that. We can see the wonder goal. South end game just didn't get going, had an off day, but crucially didn't lose. Chesterfield was just absolutely, you know, was, was yeah, disastrous was, from our point yeah, of view, yeah. but you can write that off. And, you know, the response to that's been been fantastic. So, yeah, it's one of those where if we go and beat Torquay this weekend, which we'll get to towards the end of the podcast, then it becomes a good point. Obviously, if you yeah. drop points against Torquay, then it does become a bigger issue because it'd be one point from your last uh, two games. But... Yeah, I think that you've just got to 
accept that it is what it was on the day. You know, it was it, it, it was a poor, it, it was a poor it performance. Is. But like you said, if if your player's gonna have an off day and you still manage to avoid defeat, then I, I'm not too bothered about that. In terms of the lineup, the lineup was what we expected, strongest eleven. Yeah. Parky only using one sub though. Elliot Lee came on for James Jones. We, I mean, I do myself. I campaign that there should be more than five subs in the National League. It should be seven. Now, I mean, you look at the Premier League, That's the, the bench has been increased again this season there. Not only do they get a much larger bench, but they get to make five subs. We only get to make three. We've only got a pool of five players to choose from. Okay, if you look at the bench, Dolby, McFadzie and Tunnicliffe weren't used. Watson was there as the backup goalkeeper. Is there any mitigation for, for further change or... What do you think? I mean, from my point of view, whenever I come up against a former player, as we saw against Jake Hyde, you always think they've got a score. So Southend would have maybe been crapping themselves if Dolby had come on, just because he is a former player. Yeah, what that would have meant, though, is that there's there's a... We've seen Parkey change his system and go to a back... You know, we were at Wheelston away where he went to a flat back four, didn't he, and, and pushed everyone forward and we go on and win that game, turn it around late on and, you know, great scenes, advertising but Stan basically collapses, isn't it? Um, but typically he's not going to do that. In in a game where we're not chasing, we're not chasing a game, we're not behind and I think he's just going to accept on the day we weren't at it. The I, I think while we've got better in terms of the depth, I still think there is a drop off every time you take a player off. I think other than Elliot Lee... Every other player that comes on is a downgrade, unfortunately, from what's out there. So if you take off Mendy for McFadden, McFadden's a good player, but I think Mendy's a better player. If you take off Palmer for Dolby, I think there's a clear gap in quality there. If you take off any of the back three for Tony Cliff, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen him play, have we? So um, it's hard to know. I just I think there's an element of keeping the best team as, as as long as she can on the pitch and if we were to increase the bench i mean who would who would get on it um macalinden maybe a couple of the young lads who who were, who were knocking on the door in the reserves i mean i just can't see them getting minutes that's why i said it's so easy to predict our team at the minute i think that that 11 there until elliot lee completely shakes off his glute injury which i don't, you know god knows how long that could take do you think he goes into the lineup when he does and who does he replace? I think it's a real well. There you go. I mean, it's a real question. I'm a big Jordan Davis fan, um, but it's hard to argue not playing Elliot Lee. Um, it's tricky. I and well, there's the Connor, argument that we he's said. Another. He's another. Yeah, there's the argument okay. we said on the podcast a few weeks ago that you, for certain you you can't make the argument that Young and Jones can play when they're so similar, but Davis and Lee can't because they're too yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's ridiculous. so. For teams, and there is going to be, what, 12 or 13 in the league where you really think you can go gungo, then you can go in those games with Lee and Davis, I think. And then against teams who you're a bit more wary of, that's when you stick with the, the formation we've got now at the moment. You know, I just want to see Elliot Lee play and I want to see him in, in full yeah. fitness because he just, you know, he, he looks so effortless and like it really is way below his his level of, of, of play, which, you know, is a compliment to us that we managed to attract him and, you know, that he had the desire to come here as well in the summer. But you've got to get on the pitch. You've just got to get on the pitch. We can't keep having him a luxury player. And if you look at Elliot Lee's stats now, from the, this is since the, since the start of the season, 28 minutes against Eastleigh, 67 minutes against Yeovil, 56 yeah. minutes at Chesterfield, 7 minutes against Maidstone, 32 minutes against Woking, 29 minutes against Gateshead, 32 minutes against Dorking, 15 minutes against Dagenham, and 23 minutes against Southend. It's just not enough football at all no, for him. And no. particularly with the, the way the schedule is, surely there's going to be reason to start him in one game each week and rest him for the other one, You know, have him off the bench. Looking ahead, when you look at that Oldham and, and Notts County doubleheader coming up, he's got to start one of those games, surely. Yeah, I mean that that that's huge. It's really tricky because you were at the Dagenham home game and said that that was one of the best performances of the season. I was at Dorking away. I thought that was, you know, such a breeze. James Jones stood out in that Dagenham game. You know, he's he's making a case that he, he really stood out. Jordan's had spells. I know that Jordan's not been well. I'm sure. I, yeah, I'm wishing him all the best. I know he's he's kind of been battling a little bit of illness and and stuff like that. But I'm sure he's he's fine now. And. Luke Young, we saw at Chesterfield, and I made a very strong argument about why I, I wouldn't 
drop Luke Young again after what we saw at Chesterfield. Um, you know, I think he just he just gives you a little bit of bite in midfield. All right, he's not Jay Harris, but he does put a foot in. You know, was in Team of the Week, just gone uh, in the Vanarama Team of the Week. So, you know, there's real quality there. It's 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 tricky, and it's really interesting that Tom O'Connor and Elliot Lee both arrived as real marquee signings from League One and the Championship, respect respectively. So. You know, they, they came in with, with big ambitions, I'm sure, to, to go on and dominate the division. And yet injuries, as they so often do, can be a real nuisance. And and they're, they're like niggly, ticky-tack injuries, you know what I mean? Like the glute one is just one that every, every movement you would feel that that would affect. Standing up, sitting down, lying down, everything would affect that. And Tom O'Connor, again, the, the groin and, and that kind of area is just a real can be really niggly like every little thing until it's at full strength it's not quite right and, and all that sort of thing um but i think i think jordan as well has a lot more discipline I, I know he can divide opinion but i think he has actually has a lot more discipline to his game than people some give him credit for i think he can play in that too alongside the jones or a young um and, yeah and that if you, free, you know free elliot lee up you look before that halifax game where he gets the hat trick in the the covid season yeah, and even last season Obviously, that's his his latest position. But before that, he'd hardly ever played attacking midfield. He's you know he's got that discipline to play everywhere else. He's played left back. What was it in that COVID season? He played eight of the ten yeah. outfield positions or something ridiculous. He played both yeah. full backs, played centre back, played defensive mid, centre mid, attacking mid. I think he even played striker one game. He'd literally played like everywhere. Maybe not centre back, but he had played like he's so versatile. And obviously, now we've seen the best out of him because he's had that consistent position. But because he's so good, he can play centre mid in the National League. He needs someone next to him who can do all the dirty work, and that selection is key. I think it has to be Young because he's the captain yeah. as well, and we saw how awful we were when he was out with the squad altogether at Chesterfield. No coincidence for me that our worst performance was when Luke Young wasn't involved yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. I think he's he's turned a few opinions in recent weeks as well, but a, a good selection headache to have. Like you said, there is probably a drop-off in quality on the bench at the moment, but once those players get up to speed and hopefully they can do in the, in the coming weeks with some of the games we've, we've got going ahead. But we said, Nath, didn't we, after Chesterfield, that it was all going to be about the response heading into October. Torquay this weekend, then Oldham, then Knotts, then Barnet, who are doing well, Borenwood, well. who are doing well, doing as, well as well. So it really is going to be the acid test, isn't it? These next... Mm five games just to see where we are really up to because like we said Torquay at home this weekend you can make a case it's a, it's a tough game but it's one you have to be winning Oldham away Notts County away in the space of four days you've got to be getting four points from that for me Barn at home you have to be winning your home games and then Wood away which is so tricky because of the the pitch situation as well yeah. this does feel like it is going to be the really decisive five weeks for Wrexham and, and where we are in the table after those might be a true reflection of, of where we're really at. Notts County away on the Tuesday is the big one because, again, it's under the lights like Chesterfield was. Massive game. Macaulay Longstaff, or Langstaff, Longstaff, whatever it is, um, up against Paul Mullin, up against Ollie Palmer, you know, three golden boot chasers there. It's just a massive game. And we've always played some humdingers there. I remember when I went, Bryce didn't get a penalty after Mullin had missed a penalty. Riesel Johnson scored one of the best goals I've ever seen live um, at at, uh, at Knotts. And that's a belting game. The atmosphere at Oldham should be sensational as well. By the time this is out, we'll know the police have had their meeting and we should know actually when, um, in terms of the extra tickets, we've already sold 2,300. It would be great to get at least another 700 and have 3,000. My my concern on that... Which I think I'm not sure everyone's noticed it, but I think some have. Is obviously the day after is the Manchester derby, so I think lots of police will already be doing overtime for that. So yeah. I'm just not sure there's going to be the resources as well, which you know I, I think they should cater for this game because it's going to be it's going to be brilliant. But I do think that could come in the consideration of the fact they've got City versus United the day after. Yeah. Oh no, totally. I mean, we, the, the decision could land. Like I say, we're we're talking into the future. Now. The decision could land that. No more. And it'll just be the 2,300, which is still immense uh, away support. And, you know, that'll be a really, really good game. And and they're going to be right up for it. You're going to have Mike Fond up there. You're going to have Ben Tollett there. David Unsworth's first, you know, first home game in charge. And all I've heard about 
from like, I worked with a guy called Ed who is a massive Oldham fan, and you know Oldham home and away, and uh, he's 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 convinced that they're going to pull it together and they're going to get out of the National League, you know, in a couple of years and it won't take them too long. So he's got a lot to learn, but he's very excited for what they're terming Rhino Ball. Under uh, uh, so what clever pun can we come up with if we beat them? Can you do you dehorn a Rhino? Do you uh, do you poach a Rhino? That seems a bit extreme. But yeah, way, probably not the most tasteful when they're endangered. Yeah, but um, that's, that is true. But you've got to come up with some kind of. There's got to be something tasteful we can come up with. I think we just beat ball. them. I think we just beat them and just don't worry just about the puns too much. But you know, I've I've, I've watched David Unsworth's uh, Everton youth teams in the recent years, and they are really well disciplined, well drilled. Mm. Um, he had Nathan Broadhead Direct. there for a while. Who? Yeah, well, they had Nathan Broadhead, who's gone on to much better things. But Welsh Youth International, he was excellent. I saw him score twice against United in one match, and he, yeah, he was a good manager there. And he, he had offers from from other teams earlier in the year. I think he, he said he had had about three or four offers since he left uh, Everton earlier in the year. So wow. he's picked this job. Yeah, they're gonna be an interesting one. But I suppose that is for next week. So Southend yeah. done. Like we said, we'll get on to Torquay more in depth towards the end of the podcast. <laughs> Nafo, welcome to Wrexham Special this week. We've been saying the episodes aren't long enough. How about an hour-long one, then? It comes just after that maidenhead defeat that we would have seen last week. It's a Torquay draw at home. Robin Ryan's first proper visit to North Wales. And, yeah, it's it's really moving, really emotional, really fun, and brings back so many good memories. It feels so... It's hard to think, what is it, nearly a year ago now that they did come over yeah. for the first time? It was October 2021, and yeah, where's that year gone? And a really good flashback episode, I thought, and it was really well done with, with the hour long of it. It, it. it it brings back really fond memories. I know that's, you know, it sounds like it's a long time ago. It wasn't, it was a year ago, but so many great tales came out of that trip. You know, they stayed at Carden Park. I know that's their, they typically base themselves there. It's a very nice place. Uh, I know the kind of the players are training there when they can. And uh, so they were based there. And, and they just really threw themselves into the town. And, you know, they didn't big shot themselves about it. They went into the butcher's market. You know, great memories of seeing them walking out of the butcher's market with a poncho in their hand. They went around the town. You know, they, they, they spent time with Spencer, who people saw in the early episodes. They went and had they got they had essentially like a lock in at the turf and they were doing shots of gin, you know amazing amazing memory for Wayne and and some of the people Sean Winter and, and others who were who we saw in the dock and I'm sure we'll see you know people will see more of that in this episode and just things like seeing Rob and Ryan meet the players because you think up up until this point we. We you know we didn't see. I know Rob said in an in, in an interview that after the Maidenhead game they did go into the dressing room. They did go into the dressing room to kind of say hello to the players and meet the players. Apparently Ryan was trying to make a laugh and a joke just to lighten the mood. You know he's he's a very funny guy and you can imagine his kind of like go to humour. You know it's just like a defence mechanism really in an awkward situation. And Rob kind of had to like jab him in the ribs and say this this isn't the time. Like these these guys are really really frustrated and really kind of pissed off. Um, but, you know, this this will bring back much happier memories. Uh, not going to spoil the results. If you haven't, if you listen to this first, you haven't watched it, then buckle up because it's a great, it's a great one. And uh, yeah, I, I love the fact you can see Rob taking a penalty against Rob Lainton and all that kind of stuff, you know, great memories for them and for us. It just felt very surreal. That, that was the moment, Rich, where I think it, it sank in for a lot of people. They're like, holy bleep. You know, this is this, this is, is really happening. Like actually, yeah. They're like actually here, and they actually like Wrexham, and they want to spend time in Wrexham. And how the hell have they got lost? And like, where did they? I remember people tracking the plane and trying to like work out where they were flying in from, where they were flying to. People were saying, "I've seen them here," and all sorts. Of people were saying receptionists have said they're going to be here. It was mad. It really was one of the biggest events I can remember in Wrexham. It was so mental. You know, everyone trying to get a picture. It, it was it was bonkers. It might, almost, we've seen it in episode one. One of my favourite moments of their trip 
was the moment we we hadn't seen, which was them two on the pitch, nobody there, and just kind of just kind of taking it in. Look, look at this. This is our. This not even this is ours because they never say that. But they sort of looked around and were like, "We, we made." We're it. custodians we, of this, yeah. Yeah, uh, and we, the we, thing we is made like, it here. There's always gonna be cynicism because they're actors and obviously they can feign emotion. But I think it really is raw and it really comes across just how much it means to them. You know, I think it sinks into them that wow, we've bought this football club, but. Now we know the people. We know how emotionally invested the town is. We know how integral the stadium is to the place. They've seen it for themselves now. They can really absorb it and feel it. It's in their bones, you know, it's in their blood. It just hammers home. You know, that's what it is. It's that realisation that, oh God, this isn't just, you know, some midlife crisis. This is, we're in this now. We have got not just our own hopes and reputations on the line, but the hopes, the dreams of an entire region and an entire nation as well, the way that they've you know endorsed Welsh culture as we saw last week. And it's just, it's really well done. And I remember, you know, people driving from all over North Wales to try to get to the Kairos, to try to get a picture of them. Yeah, I remember bad. there was that, I think there was a TikTok, wasn't there, of Ryan at Plaskoch Retail Park? Just like, how's this happened? That, you know, he was at, yeah, it might have been there. Or was it at Wrexham General Station? He did it. To the Deccan Swans, I think he put the Yeah, the which is just the absolutely bonkers. The fake Danny bonkers. DeVito as well. The fake Danny DeVito. It, well, that's when, they filmed, that's when they filmed the you know the, the trailer for it, wasn't it? I mean, they, oh, they were already yeah, thinking yeah. So, so far ahead. They had the fake Sonny cast in there. So, yeah, it was well, People it was thought bonkers. real Danny DeVito was in Wrexham, which was outstanding. I mean, local radio stations, just to put it into context, people who had missed that little nugget of the story, if you're new listening to this, thanks so much. If you are new, by the way, like us uh, on all the platforms. Just like us. Gi- just like us. Please like us and please let other people know that you like us. But also, yeah, give us a review on iTunes. Love reading those out. We'll read out any any reviews. And five stars on Spotify. That would be... It would, it would do great for us because we can climb up the old podcast charts and more people can listen to us talk nonsense about fake Danny DeVito. But that was, very, that was a very weird moment because Danny DeVito was trending. Wrexham was trending. I think my phone exploded that day, Rich, and yours will have done too. Rob Ryan Red went no, like everybody wanted to know what was happening in Wrexham. People were coming from all over. It was, it was. I mean, have you got any highlight from that trip? It was just bonkers. Everything that they did was like gold. It was just that it was such a a deep vein of gold, wasn't it? There was just so much to go for, and there was so much to digest. It was overwhelming, really, just that it all came to fruition. But I just loved seeing people who, you know, have been around for the club for, for so long and have given so much of their time, having those moments, getting to meet these two Hollywood stars who don't want to be the Hollywood stars. They're almost reluctant celebrities. They just want to be here and be part of the club. They just want to be, you know, part of the Wrexham fan base. And yeah, it's just brilliant. It is just utterly brilliant. And uh, yeah, finally, an hour long. They just feel such a better length to watch because just when the momentum gets going in other weeks, it's over. And then you've got to open yeah. Disney Plus again, change the next episode. But yeah, more hour long episodes, here to please. Stay yeah, and no, I wish, I wish. But we've actually put the schedule up, Rich. So, and it's it's really weird on robryanred.com. I mean, so Rob go Ryan to robryanred.com and you click on the yes. Welcome to Wrexham tab. Which is effectively our blog. We've got, you know, yeah. there's Aaron Hayden Longry that Nave's done on there. We we actually last week had our best day by miles on the website. Really good traffic. Did we? That. Yeah. There you go. Get into the analytics now. Um, yeah. If you scroll down, there's the Welcome to Wrexham episode guide, to brief in- introduction, and then yeah, each episode is spelled out for you, and there is a lot to digest. So this one is Welcome Home. After a year of cheering from afar due to COVID, co-chairman Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney finally get to visit Wrexham and spend time with their team and the town, which means next week, Nath, not only are we going to get our Oldham Notts County double-headed preview, but the two episodes on the dock are Hooligans and Sack Oof. the Gaffer. That is that is the one of all that I'm... I, it, it almost won't live up to what I want it to be, which is kind of in a way sad but i'm making it into something that it almost probably will not be and I, what i can't get over with that one sat the gaffer is when is it when does that fall in the season because i the timeline it's obviously done chronologically more or less and they're kind of you know maybe they've done their interviews separately or whatever but the the actual play play in the football is chronological obviously so we've had the we've had the chesterfield home game 
we've had the Maidenhead game. We're you know, up to the Maidenhead game. We're going to get the Torquay game. So we're around October time. You know, where does that fall? Do we, is, is Sat the Gaffer? Because Hooligans will still be that Torquay game. You know, that'll still be a kind of what happened. And that was a real shame what happened at, uh, you know, at Torquay. That, and that really did change the way the club looked at. Where do the away fans go? Um, and you know maybe it hasn't changed too much, but they, they've kind of they kind they've of definitely made attempts, at that. haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they made attempts, and um, and I've actually got some interesting stuff about the stadium that I'll, I'll maybe get onto later in the podcast with a, a fifty is it fifty eight page cop plan, which is actually fascinating. If you if you're a bit of a nerd like me and you want to read fifty eight pages on Wrexham Stadium plan, uh, I will by all means. If you want that, tweet us and let us know, and I will share that because it's very interesting and loads of good stuff that i will get into later but um yeah that there's a hooligans game but sack the gaffer it must be november be... last year where we drew nil nil it's weird because we drew nil nil with wieldston then we had the checking that well we had that amazing two-on win away at halifax just after yeah. the wilson game yeovil loss at home was dark and then we had the dover game where we only won one nil right at the end from that scuffed corner yeah. then we beat weymouth at home one nil but things but you started went to, to pick marine up... you went to marine didn't you and, there, and and i remember you text me there um and you with you know you were chloe then and i remember <laughs> it was a terrible game to take it to and i remember you said there were there were quite loud there were quite loud calls for parky to go before jordan scores a very last minute free kick to salvage a draw and to put it into context of people listening who are thinking about the pyramid, Marine were, are they four divisions below us? Three? They're, they're a good yeah, few divisions it was, below us. And that was, was sour. A lot that of, was quite um, sour. I'm, I, I, I mean, what I remember from that game was there were some Wrexham fans, which it sounds bonkers now, but trust me, there was Wrexham fans singing What a Waste of Money at Paul Mullen because he was having such a bad that. game. And he kindly told them to F off our own supporters and it was just a really toxic horrible environment and it was just nasty it was nasty there's only 200 of us there packed into the the away end like i said jordan davis scores that last free kick i made the worst promise of my life as jordan davis stood over the free kick i turned to chloe and i said to her if this goes in i'll watch strictly come dancing with you tonight wow seconds later the goal goes in and i don't know whether to celebrate or not Needless to say, it was a very <laughs> long train journey back home, and I was just thinking, "What have I done? Why have I agreed so you, to this?" You but... signed up to what? You signed up to watch the Rumba, thanks to Jordan Davis, basically. Uh, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, there, there must be some strictly fans that listen to Rob Ryan Red. Not for me personally, Rich, but any you know, former Wrexham player you'd love to see on Strictly? Who do I think would have the moves? You know, Joss. I've, I've got uh, that would be outrageous. I've actually got a feeling that if I'm looking at someone to do well on that show, I think Mark Carrington. You know. I reckon, I reckon he'd... Very he'd popular very as well. Slick, very popular. He's kind of got that slick back hair look. I'm trying to think who else would have the moves that, that, could, that could do a job on there. I mean, Ollie Palmer showed, that, showed us that he's got the worm in his locker, but I'm not really sure that's Strictly Come Dancing. I'm not sure you could do the worm every week. But yeah, if you if you have yeah. a suggestion of a Wrexham player past or present, you would love to see on Strictly Come Dancing. I don't know how we've gone off on this tangent so quickly, but <laughs> do let us know Rob Brown Red on all the platforms. I'm sure Nafe will have some... Awful graphic mocked up by tomorrow. Oh, oh, I mean, I love making them. Give me suggestions for awful graphics to make. Um, so robryanred.com for the full list of that. But all I'll say, you can go look at the full list. You'll get all the titles and synopses, synopses. And um, what I will say, it's just a weird schedule now, Rich. It's one this week. It's two the week after. Then is it four the week after that? And then two more? Or three more? It's It's a very jumbled schedule now that's what i'll say so we're getting an hour long then two episodes then three episodes no four episodes then three episodes yeah so into some painful episodes though aren't we we're getting to some pain yeah so we will wait and see but yeah for all your welcome to rexham news stick with us on rob ryan red podcast and like we said check us out on rob ryan for big development this week then the power of ryan reynolds prevailed national league streaming approved the second half of the season i mean where do we start great news we covered it in detail the last couple of weeks but finally someone has actually listened and taken advantage of this incredible opportunity 
it's it's brilliant when you kind of speak to people at the league who are adamant that you know they haven't been pushed into this by Ryan Reynolds and you know, this was in the works for a long time and this has always been the plan and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, as I tweeted, it's amazing what happens. It's amazing how fast the wheels turn when a Hollywood superstar gets involved. You know, and I don't think they give off the kind of um, big brash throwing their weight around type but they also know the influence they can have and you know you saw by tagging every single team in the league loads of fans from i saw a woken fan tweet you know that up, up ryan reynolds and brilliant from ryan reynolds and he ended up getting followed by loads of Wrexham fans and he ended up with something like 100 followers by the end of the day so you know there's a lot of buy-in from a lot of different teams made now people say i can't believe he's tagged my club in a tweet you know it's ryan reynolds how amazing he's tagged maidenhead or he's tagged uh dorkin and, and we had the maidenhead chairman didn't we peter griffin and he was saying you know, he was all for international streaming i guess the only downside to, to the situation is we don't have a finite start date always a bit of a red flag for me because i get why they've not done it and i like i said i spoke to someone at the league and they said why would we put a date on it when if we don't meet that obviously it, we, it leads it, it, it leaves us open to criticism and you know it's better to keep it general which i from their side i can understand we also don't know the logistics of it is it going to be international only will that lead to a, a load of vpns going around for people how is it going to work you know what will what will the match price be will it be like the football league will it be 10 pound and or will it have to be the exact same price as a ticket I don't know. There's a lot of questions unanswered that even I haven't been able to get off the record. So let's focus on the positive. Streaming on the way is a positive. Even if Wrexham don't plan on being in the National League much longer, fingers crossed. You know, this is something that I saw somebody today, recording on the Wednesday, say, is there a stream to watch the reserve team game? So not only are people wanting to watch the first team, people want to tune in to Will Mountfield, Tom Jenkins, Kai Evans and more. That's how kind of deep people's love for the club goes, I think. I think people have really, and I've said this before on Twitter and probably on this podcast, I lose track of what I say, but I think in America in particular, the franchises are so big that it's almost impossible to have a real sense of community with those with those massive franchises across any sport because they're such like kind of global conglomerates that, how do you how do you feel how do you feel suppose, connected yeah. really i suppose like green connected? bay packers are maybe one like exemption yeah, so they've huge. never they're, yeah they are huge you know i mean i get i get that they, they they sell out every game they've sold out every game since what the 60s and, and they've you know, never moved a home game obviously they've, they've got they've, the extra yeah. game this time around but you know lambeau field is an incredible place to play play football for them and, but yeah and the like you said that's, that's that's what makes not just Wrexham, but Appealing. British sport so unique and so bewildering to this, to this audience that it is integral and properly intertwined. And I think that's something that Rob and Ryan have always tried to, to get across in interviews and particularly in a documentary that if you're watching this in North America, you might say, oh, this is a local sports team, but it's not minor league baseball. It's not some, you know, just something you do on the weekend. It's like, you know, voluntary. This is just intertwined with the entire community and the history of it. And there's so much cross-pollination, really, with Wrexham as a football team and as a community and as a place. So, yeah, I think they've really got that that across well. And hopefully it's going to be more accessible now with the streaming. As we said, we've been passionately campaigning for that as well. Delighted to see that come through. We'll we'll thank Ryan Reynolds for getting it over the line, not our tweets ourselves. But, you know, we'll we'll take the assist on that, maybe. But... <laughs> Nath, you mentioned the the reserves. I guess quick one to get onto. Wrexham reserves beat Preston one 0 this week. When the team dropped, I thought, "Why wow, this looks quite weak for reserve level?" Obviously, two trialists yeah. involved as well. But one 0 win against Preston. It was a Kai Evans free kick that that was brilliant. That that won the game. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm kind of I, I've I've dug and I've dug trying to find out about the trialists. I do believe that Scott Butler, who we said last week, didn't we against uh, Bolton, wasn't it? Um, that he was one of the trialists. I don't know the other one, so if you do know, let us know. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I do know that. Uh, but Scott Butler, you know, very accomplished centre back and is looking good. Do we say he was from formerly of Swansea, something like formerly that? Formerly of Wrexham, actually. Formerly of Wrexham. Okay, well there you go. I'm uh, I'm doing him a disservice. Anyway, he was the one homecoming. Of them. And, you know, a very a very good goal actually from Kai Evans. You know, free kick, good finish, and he's one that you think is on, is on the cusp. 
You know, he's a player that if you had an extended bench, he would be one of the ones I'd want on there. Because he's lively, he's going to try things. Is he physically up to it, you know, in terms of his stature? Maybe not. But we don't have the biggest midfield in the world as it is. I think he's nifty, he's, he's quick, he'll try things, he's brave, he's not to be deterred. You know, I, I think he'll develop a lot. And I, I, I'm a bit torn, actually, Rich, in terms of, you know, I looked at that team and I thought, hang on, we've had no midweek game. And I almost guarantee at the weekend, between Tonicliffe, uh, McAlinden and Dolby, I would say they won't get more than 15 minutes combined, those three. At the, the, yeah. uh, the weekend, then then two of them might not even make the bench. Two of them might not. I mean, two of them. I don't, honestly, I would have no idea. It could be you might have at least one of those isn't going to make the bench. I'm pretty sure. So why not? Why not play them? I think you need a little bit of experience in these reserve games to kind of nurture the young lads through. Do you know what I'm saying? I think you need a mix of you need a mix of these young lads, and you need a mix of just experience to kind of a keep well, the fitness I, up. I think it's yeah. a, it's a mix. It's about keeping them at sharpness for me. For, for those players who come on because we look at this weekend and if, if things aren't going our way and we need a goal Dolby comes on low on confidence not scored yet and might not be Matt Sharp so it's not conducive to him playing well and you know I think you've got to take every opportunity you've got to to make that happen I know there's been a lot of criticism about this week but Liverpool obviously used Arthur Mello and Jay Spearing in the Papa John's trophy against yeah. Rochdale on Tuesday night I don't agree with that personally but they thought Arthur Mello, our, our signing, who maybe they reluctantly got in uh, in the summer, he's not going to have a chance to play with the international break. So let's use him in the Papa John's trophy to at least get some match sharpness. Okay, they lose the game anyway. It's, it wasn't maybe as controversial as when Leicester played £45 million worth of talent a few years ago. But yeah, I think you've got to use these opportunities. And for us, the Reserve League is a great chance for some of these undercooked players to to get those minutes. So, yeah, I would have liked to see more more senior involvement, but a 1-0 win over Dolby Preston. Dolby in particular. Dolby in particular. He, he's one. He's got to be playing, hasn't he, Rich? He's got, he's got to be getting 90. Tonicliffe, yeah. But in, in particularly Dolby, because he's the type of player that you may bring on. It's unlikely you're going to bring a defender on, really, unless there's any sort of injury, which I know that could happen at any moment. But Dolby's a player we do want to see get minutes. You know, he hasn't even played. Has he not played an hour for us yet? 57 minutes or something? Across nine games, I mean, ninety minutes surely wouldn't have hurt on a Wednesday, ahead of a home game. Do you know what I mean? I I can't get my head around that. Yeah, I don't either. But we will see what happens in the weeks ahead. Naif, you said cop update. You've got a little bit that you can bring us? Yeah, it, well, I mean, the, the plans are absolutely fascinating. I mean, for one, it, it looks like it's in the hospitality. I can't quite tell from the design. It looks like it's in the hospitality sector. But a beer wall going in. Is that one of them where, you, where, where they like Tottenham. Kind of self-pour? Is that what it is? How does that work? I thought Self-pour? it was like at Tottenham where they've got the, the, the world's longer, Europe's longest bar or whatever. Um yeah, it's really interesting. I'm not, I'm not, can't say I, I know. Be a wall expert. No, but. I'm not. But you'd like to think it'd be something like that. I mean, it's going to be innovative. You, this has got to be a, a state of the art stand. You know, it might be non-league, but they're going to want to make a statement and future-proof this as well. So, yeah, that would be that would certainly that would help be because a genuine logistic issue is that sitting in the tech end now. Sometimes you want to go get maybe not a pint always, but some food at half time. It's a non-starter. It's so the. They just can't meet the demand there in the tech end at the moment. So I'm all for better food and drink services, particularly just before you know half time or, or during those key moments, really. Because at the moment, if you if you don't get anything before the match, you, you're very unlikely to get anything, you know, unless you sacrifice watching it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the plan now. I'm seeing four kiosks, four decent sized kiosks. I'm seeing hospitality and a hospitality area. I'm seeing a club shop. Uh, I'm seeing a community classroom, an office, ticket, you know, ticket office, loads, loads of toilets, another kiosk around the side. A, a lot is going to, it's a big space, Rich. And, you know, ki- I mean, in the tech end, for example, now, the kiosk situation seems problematic. It does in everyone. I mean, in, you know, when I often sit in the Wrexham Lager stand, 
yeah, there's that kiosk in the middle between the paddock and and kind of the other side. Um, and it, it it is rammed, you know, and it is you you do feel like you have to sacrifice some of the match action, which just isn't ideal. You know, there has to be a more streamlined way to it. And so I think, you know, obviously they they can sort of do this from scratch in terms of what they want to do. 5,000 seats, 500 more for hospitality. So that's a total of 5,500. It will be rail seating. So obviously you'll have your seat. Pretty sure it'll be a standing room only type job. Um, I can't imagine there'll be uh, people sitting down. And the hospitality lounge right at the top, which big old kitchen in there. It, I mean, it looks... It looks very nice. All I will say, I mean, I'm just looking at 2D designs, but there's so much detail in in the like even the roof plan. You know, it, it goes into every little minute minute detail. The roof plan opposite consists of a large aluminium finish sheet over terrace, two triangular portions of the roof. I'm not going to read you the full thing. Um, it's it's a fact. The detail is absolutely staggering. So, like you say, if you if you're if you're a little bit of a nerd like me, that there's all sorts as you go through slot windows, dark tinted glass. 3D textured cladding, honestly, everything. Pitch side, west elevation. Everything you want to know about the cop is in this document that is publicly available. And and we will tweet is... so you can I'll go tweet, and access I'll tweet that, that out well. because I'll tweet that out because every corner of the ground, you know, is... is There's all things about, even in, for example, we're talking about the northeast corner where, the, you know, kind of the, what we saw on the, on the video... Um, where you saw the Degat, you saw the design, the monolithic form, uh, hospitality entrance, etc., etc., and the arrival. And you, you know, they've even written this entrance will be lit up in the winter to further enhance the experience upon entrance and arrival. Um, talking about going down Crispin Lane, uh, so honestly, I cannot tell you that everything brickwork, cladding, polycarbonate, glazing roof, the whole wheelchair, unbelievable. You know, everything has been broken down. So, to the people that have put that together behind the scenes, we saw in the documentary, didn't we, about Sean Harvey and the work he's put in, in terms of delivering the freehold. We saw that in the episode, didn't we? And Rob said, thank you so much, because he was getting so impatient. I thought that was brilliant. You know, he was he was like, it's got to go to a council and it's got to go in front of this and it's got to go in front of that. Um, yeah, amazing. So more on that. Just very, very quickly, I wanted to touch on that. I will tweet that out after this is out on Thursday um, but yeah, cop loads and loads of interesting nuggets of detail there. We can't all get as close to Robin Ryan as maybe we want to, Nafe, but uh, one lucky fan did this week. Jamie Lewis was called on stage as part of the live It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia tour happening over in the States. And we saw him on stage in his Wrexham shirt, all eyes on him. What an experience that was. But people don't want to hear what we've got to say about it. You've actually caught up with a man himself. Yeah, I dialed through. I said, you know what? I mean, Rich, what would it be? What would you think if you got called up and you... And it was funny, he'll get into this, but he actually, Rob actually initially didn't realise he was from Wrexham originally. He just thought he was, you know, an American, another American in a Wrexham shirt, which is no bad thing, love that. But he just thought, another Wrexham fan, he said, no, I'm from Wrexham, and got a massive hug from Rob. Rob wanted to see him after, and they were chatting away, and, and Jamie will, will go into more detail about that. But Rich, what would it be like meeting Rob? And like, I, I wouldn't know what to say. I don't think Amazing, I, would, I, I mean... For me, like before the takeover, Rob was the one I knew best out of him and Ryan. I I knew Ryan as a massive Hollywood actor, but I'd never seen any of his films. I couldn't really tell you which one he was. If I saw his face and his name, I wouldn't be able to match them. But I've always watched It's Always Sunny. I've watched that with my brothers. The Nightman Cometh is one of the best ever songs written. What a song. What an episode. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to say. I mean... Like we said on the previous episode, when I'm drunk once, I'm going to DM him and Ryan and just say thank you so much. But I think that's what it is. You don't, Rob and Ryan don't want you to talk at them about themselves because they're just normal guys. Talk to them about football, maybe try to teach them a few things about Wrexham. Find out if he actually listens to the pod. I hope you do uh, still listen, Rob. I know you've name-checked us before. And yeah, just chat. Just chat about football. Jamie did that. Jamie did just that. And without further ado, let's listen to Jamie tell us what it's like to share a hug with the man himself, Mr. Rob McElhenney. Take it away, Jamie Lewis. Jamie, all the way from Maryland, Baltimore, 
uh, cross seed Rob Ramed going across the seas over to the States. How are you doing? What have you made of the documentary? And what does Rob McElhenney smell like giving you absolutely studs? And you towered over him, actually. If anyone hasn't seen the picture, uh, Wrexham USA definitely shared it. I'm sure Jamie did as well. But uh, Jamie made Rob look my size. I don't know. You made him look very small like me. <laughs> yeah, doing good. Thank you, mate. Uh, good to be on. Um, documentary, obviously, it's, it's been amazing to kind of see Wrexham on not just, you know, television, but television in, you know, the big US of A. Um, Rob, Rob smelled amazing. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was a very, very special night for me, uh, to, to meet Rob. Yeah. So, so for a bit of context for people that maybe are listening from the States and they maybe know a bit more people from Wrexham that don't know, Rob obviously has his own podcast, uh, always sunny in Philadelphia, uh, you know, always sunny in Philadelphia podcast with Glenn Howerton and, uh, Charlie, what's his name in real life? Not Charlie Day, is it? It's Charlie I, something, um, Charlie something. And, yeah. uh, I, I, that's poor from me. And, uh, anyway, he had his live show in Philadelphia. You don't live too far from Philadelphia, obviously in Maryland. No. So you go, what are you, how do you get spotted? What are you wearing? Are you in your, you're in Wrexham gear, surely? Yeah. So, uh, wore, you know, the new, the new home kit, um, the it, red was one. it was pre the bright red. It was pre-planned. I was like, listen, we have to go to Philly tonight because Rob's on the East coast, which isn't usual for him. I was like, you know, there's not going to be many wearing Wrexham shirts tonight, if anybody other than us. So I was like, let's go up there and, uh, hopefully we get spotted, you know, and get to, to meet Rob. So. And so you're there watching Always Sunny Philadelphia live. What, what, I mean, you know, a lot of people see Rob on the screen now and they're loving the relationship with Rob and Ryan. Yeah. You end up getting collared to go on the stage after the scene in your Wrexham gear. Yeah. Nervous? Or like, were you excited? Yeah, there, there, was, there was about 3,000, maybe 3,200. The capacity of the Mets, like 3,500. I don't, it didn't look like there was a spare seat, but you know. So, you know, I'm shaking really quite nervous, you know, my heart's beating because, you know, they, for somebody like me, it's a lot of people get called to go up on stage and uh, like Rob didn't originally know that I was from Wrexham. He thought I was an American wearing a Wrexham jersey and then like, oh, no, it's one of your people. He's from Wrexham. So he comes over, gives me a big hug and, you know, just says, you know, we'll, we'll talk later. We'll do the pod, you know, kind of do the podcast and then we'll have a chat after the, the pod's over. So. What did they? What did they make you do then on the stage? Because I would be in front of thirty five hundred. I feel like I've got a bit better at this kind of thing, but I would also be yeah. bricking it. I would be bricking. I, it. Yeah, I was. I was bricking it. Um, so they had like the door to the to the bar, and uh, it was the, the episode uh, was Charlie and Mac die part two, which I don't know if you've <laughs> seen. There's a glory hole scene. So Megan, the host, you know, she peels off this piece of the wall, and there's a glory hole. So I was the second person to to go to the to the glory hole uh, they make you put your eye to the to the whole seat you crouch down and they've got a camera on the other side and in. so they they pull up this poster they did a poster for each night um signed by the cast for the three of us oh, posted amazing. it through and they said keep putting your face close so you got to keep your face close and then you know grab the poster and uh they have you you know kind of go back stand in line let the third person go and then like all right you know we'll take you back down to your seats so you're in your wrexham gear you and we've seen the photo now so we're skipping ahead but you actually get to meet rob yeah I, i've had very limited dealing with him when he came for his press conference with ryan yeah seemed you know a massive sport nut like the rest of us yeah. um yeah. what was he like what was he like just to spend time because that is so, the some fan dream now uh, that's why i went you know i don't want to say you know i'm not a fan of always sunny but i've never actually sat down to watch it um but just quickly to touch on his you know his love of the sports and the eagles um, he said, okay, guys, I really didn't know that there was a game tonight, you know, and I signed a contract and they wouldn't let me out of it, but he was referring to his podcast jokingly. <laughs> and he said, but every time the Eagles score a touchdown, this is going to play. And it was touchdown Eagles. And then he would stand up and he would E A G do the whole chant Eagles. So they ended up winning, you know, by, they won, they won, they won comfortable margin, but, um, yeah, Rob, Rob was everything that you see on the documentary and what we've seen as fans from, you know, Instagram, Twitter, everything that we see genuine as can be, you know, he just wanted to talk about football and, you know, the goal isn't league two, as he said, you know, it's like, no, league two is just a stepping stone. We're, we're going all the way, you know, um, just really nice guy. Um, just everything I expected him to be, that's what he was, which when you meet people that I don't want to say your idols or you meet people that you, you know, that you, you see in a certain perspective on, on TV, 
he was every bit of himself that I expected him to be. So. That is amazing because, like, you can. I've I've had so many people in various walks of life who meet their heroes, and it does it doesn't live up to expectation. Yeah. It, it really, yeah. it, they, you know. I I used to live with a guy. It's a little bit of a tangent. I used to live with a guy who loved Frank Turner. That was his like favorite musician, and he got to meet him. Uh, we set yeah. it up, and we were like, "You can yeah. meet him," and he met him, and it I just didn't it didn't go yeah. to plan. Yeah. And for a lot of us, meeting Rob would be the dream. And so yeah. you met him. Was he enthusiastic about the squad? And you, know, you oh, met him yeah. before, he, before he, South End or, or after the South End game? Was it before uh, or after that? After uh, that. After that, yeah. After yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we kind of talked about the squad and he's excited. You know, he's a big fan of Dolby. You know, he's, he's yeah, a fan yeah. of – he's like, you know, we've got so much depth for this league. I think, you know, being an owner and then he seems like he invests 100% of himself in whatever he does – he clearly like knew about, you know, the depth of the squad, that the, the, the players that we have, he knew, you know, everything he knew, he almost was very knowledgeable about football. Um, so yeah, he was, he was, he was excited about this squad for sure. And so, you know, you're in that great group of people that I see on Twitter every week, the Rex, the Rex Pats yeah. as they're known. Uh, and there's loads of people from around the world and, and that's, I, you know, you're in that grid that are from the area and you're, you're I'm yeah. sure you come back when you can. Yeah. Well, what have you made of just like seeing, I, I speak to the, I spoke to someone about this today. Like it's still so bizarre to me that Wrexham is this it's global surreal. force. And it's yeah, bizarre, yeah. Surreal. surreal. So we, me and Rob were talking, I actually, I'm flying out of DC on Thursday. I'm coming home for the weekend for the Torquay game. Love that. Um, so I'm flying just for the weekend and Rob, you know, was listening and, you know, he's like, yeah, it's two stops for me. The West Coast is really difficult. You know, it's two stops. It's a really long flight. Ryan's is only six hours. Um, but, you know, just the, the global recognition that we now have, like in the US, look, there's so many of my people that I come across in my work now that, oh, well, yeah, I've watched that new documentary and they're like, aren't you from Ryan? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Rexham. Yeah. <laughs> have you got a kind of... I mean, I, you know, episode eight, I thought was brilliant. The kind of the yeah. maidenhead game. You see Rob yeah. and Matt and Ryan go there. And and, uh, and and this week, you know, by the time this is out on, on Thursday, we'll have had, well, you will have had it before us. The, yeah, the, Wednesday night. The, and, and, you know, yeah. the, the episode of, of kind of leading up to the talkie game, their visit, and you know, yeah. that was an amazing day. Yeah. Well, have you had a favourite, favourite moment so far? So Something that you've loved? Yeah, so for me, and I tweeted about it, it's like basically when Rob said, you know, I can relate to those people. I am those people. I'm yeah. quite an emotional guy as it is anyway. And I think being Welsh, that that's just kind of who we are. We're quite, we're our heart on our sleeves. And for me, like watching Rob talk about basically the similarities between Philadelphia and Wrexham, like for me, that was, that was my favorite moment. Obviously I've loved all the episodes, but for me where like oh, you're right. the raw emotion of Rob talking about Wrexham, like that, that upset me in a good way. You know what I mean? Cause I've lived no. over in the United States. Like it's, it's hard sometimes being away from home, my family. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it was a very, like, for people, you know, I'm sure everyone who's listened has, has watched it, obviously, 10 times over, but yeah. it was a very surreal moment, that, because he was just kind of in this old Philadelphia home, and yeah. he, how do you not get choked up by him saying that? Yeah, like, right, hey. yeah. And he'd yeah. never met, at this point, like, at this point, he'd never met, even with the Maidenhead game, you factor it in, really, they've never met a Wrexham fan at that point, really. Never. It's no, only, this, what, only, only, this, only this week when we see them get it. So, I, I agree with you, it was a very somber emotional moment we said i yeah. i've never met these people but i feel like i am one of those people yeah and that's that's every bit of what he was last night too to me like i was like you know i've never met you before but the way that you talk about my you know where i'm from and you know my hometown football team you you feel that like emotional connection and i think he genuinely feels that you know because even last night on the pod he was talking about how um there was a street in Philadelphia that decorated with the Christmas lights to kind of participate in Always Sunny and how he loved the community of Philadelphia and where he's from, you know, and I told him last night, I was like, you know, that same thing you said in the episode, you literally said tonight, you know, it's just, yeah, he's, he's just, he's just an awesome guy really. Yeah. And, and while we've got a kind of uh, adopted American on Wrexham, if it comes off, that's the hope this year that we get that American tour, yeah. Philadelphia, a lot of fun. Can Wrexham yeah, fans yeah, have a lot of fun? Yeah. There? I so I've, been to philly probably three times i've been over here since 2015 um philly's nice philly's a nice place so you know i'm, I'm assuming rob being in the west coast will go out there you know lafc with bale potentially yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 
Um, but yeah, Philly, Philly's a good place. It's a lot of fun. There's some good bars. Um, Max Tavern would be the one where I think the Wrexham fans would congregate and uh, get taken care of the best. So. Wrexham fans are one of a kind wherever we go, yeah, as, you, yeah. as, you, as you know well. Uh, you, you're coming back uh, last then for the Torquay game. What, yeah. what have you made of the season so far? I mean, very been... difficult in it, no? It's very, very quite Yeah, difficult. like, I um I know I think we've got the fifth best away record right now, I think. And then second behind Boreham Wood, I think, is who it is that's got the best, I think. Um, it's It's been good. I, I think, you know, when you look at Wrexham, we always start, you know, okay. You know, and then it comes to Christmas and we either drop off, you know, we seem to drop off. But last year, obviously, we picked up a little bit at the end of the season. Um, but I thought so far we couldn't have asked for much more. I mean, it was disappointing to draw against Southend, but that's a tough place to go. Yeovil was a tough draw to take. I mean, I, I was disappointed with the Chesterfield result because I didn't really see anybody. I don't want to say that I was a bit naive this season with what we did with the players, but right. no one's going to trouble us this season. And that's just, you know, we're Rex and we know what happens with us. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, I went, it was awful. And I yeah. went to Yeovil and that was not quite as bad, but quite bad. I couldn't um, imagine uh, being Mark sitting on his own commentating on that game. You know, it's like, God, is there yeah. no one else to talk to? And then he's on his own watching that. Awful. And a shout out to Mark, because I know he's getting, been getting a lot of love actually recently with, with kind of the international yeah. fans are doing a really good job. Prediction for the weekend, you've got to be positive. Got to be home I mean, at home. Yeah, let's got just be. have like a Mullen hat trick, you know, let's just, let's just like be win. nice. I mean, listen, we seem to, we can score a lot of goals or we can't score a lot of goals. So I'm hoping for like 6-1, you know, 5-2, you know, let's let's have a lot of but goals, what, you know. What, so. What's your record like though? Are you, are you one of these good luck people? Are you a charm? Are you a jinx? What's going on? Um... So I've been, so I will say I was at the 2007 game in the cop when we stayed up against Boston. I'm just saying. Love that. That's, that's a lot um, of luck. So that's a lot of luck right there. Yeah, um, that's a lot of luck. Yeah, I think for the most part, when I've been to watch the town when I was a kid and, you know, growing up, I think we've, we've won most of the games or done all right. <laughs> Um, so, Rich, basically, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. And also, Rob McElhenney is obsessed with Sam Dolby. So, is he Is he leader? Is he the main cheerleader of the Sam Dolby fan club? Maybe we He can might be the him. only member know. at the moment. <laughs> a, surely Sam Dolby's got some... I mean, maybe. Who knows? I want Sam Dolby, Dolby to do really well. I mean, Dolby That's surround right. sound's got to kick off somehow. I'm not sure how we, how, oh, how yeah. we do that. But, yeah, I want Sam Dolby to be playing well. But it's great that, you know, the, the owners do believe in him so much as well and, and they're very keen for him to to be a success at the club i this think that's weekend, absolutely brilliant get him a goal come on parky get him on get him a goal talky you know they're reeling a bit sure they'll be up for it but this is a, this is a game we, that, that someone like dolby should be looking at i've not I've been, I've been kept out of the reserve game in midweek go on give me half an hour give me half an hour give me 35 to have a good go at it exactly and i think that probably does bring us nicely onto what we were just about to talk about which is that game this weekend then they've um yeah it's gonna be a really interesting game isn't it talking at home because as we were seeing in the documentary this week it was that game that they they watched at the kairos for the first time last season things were going so well until a welshman drew talkie level great goal by harry lennon that day though tell you great finish by harry lennon that day yeah absolutely yeah that was a really really lovely moment wasn't it but what are you what are you expecting, I suppose, from the game this weekend? Because it really is a difficult one to call. I, I, I can't quite make it. I predicted at the start of the season that Torquay or my dark horses, that is looking, that is ageing horribly by the week. Um, that is ageing really badly, actually. Um, but Gary Johnson's teams are never easy. I, I tried to get a couple of different Torquay fans on. They all... Either left me on red, or they shot me down and said, "Look, it's going rubbish. We don't want to come and chat with one of the best teams in the league." So I can understand it. It's not that fun. We've been there. It's rubbish. It's not that fun when you don't win every week. And you know they came within a penalty shootout of getting up to the football league, lost to Hartlepool, and you know there we go. The rest is history. Um, and that was under Dave Challoner, who's now at Stockport. So uh, you know they are still reading from that, I think. And this supposedly doesn't look like a talky team. I have a very good laugh listening to the National Obsession podcast. So if you want a bit of a talky fix, go and listen to them. They're 
I mean, they're, I'm dare I going to say it, Rich. They're funnier than us. That I mean, one of them is a comedian, so I, we'll let us we'll let ourselves off. But yeah, Torquay just sound. This sounds like they're getting, they're in for a long season, Rich. It sounds like they have a squad that has a couple of okay to good players, and I don't want to kind of bring in Vanaramis and, and kind of jinx us. But this is a game we should be winning, and we should be winning like we did against Dagenham. Dare I say, like we did against Maidstone, and that's not trying to be arrogant. That is just looking at the two sides. We've got the firepower and the quality to to really go and put in another statement performance. And that's what it's got to be, hasn't it? I th- like you said, I think in the days of old, and you probably say me every week, the pessimism's there, but particularly with this run of form coming up, sorry, the run of games coming up, you've got to be, you've got to be getting getting the win this weekend. So yeah, I can't even sort of make a, a, make a case and try and say, you know, this might happen. Obviously, we can't underestimate them by any means, but no chance, no. if we want to go up, we have got to be to be winning this game. And like we said, pushing on from the, the previous comment, it makes that game at the weekend, that draw, more, you know, understandable and, and you can tolerate it better because, you know, there's a reason why it happened. So, yeah, talk at home this weekend. Come on, Rex, and please, please, three more points. And like we said, next week we'll be previewing that massive double header against Oldham and Notts County. I said to Nave beforehand, can we have a nice short episode because I've got to shoot off today. Oh, God. We've recorded for 52 minutes and we've got that 10-minute interview to put in. So, it's yeah. My, it's my fault. I'm sorry, Rich. I'm very, very sorry. Final word then from me. Uh, the Yeovil point doesn't look so bad. Chesterfield drew there now as well. That looks a better point by the week. Thanks to Hypnotic, uh, they are behind. They are the band behind the Stings. And Rich, you are able to to shoot off and go do your errands. I I, I rattle on. This is what I do. I, I don't. I can't keep to a deadline. It's okay. I will forgive you. Don't worry. But as long as Wrexham win this weekend, all is forgotten. Thank you very much for joining us on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with Red Tent People Development. As always, if you enjoyed it, please do leave a like and subscribe. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow as well. Take care, enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.